Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Welcome back to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, and today, you might notice... I sound a little froggy, so please forgive the fact (laughs) that I have not been able to breathe out of my nose for the last 48 hours and uh, am sitting next to my emotional support box of Kleenex (laughs) because the podcast episode that you are listening to is one of my favorite kinds of episodes. It is an exit interview with the most recent Nutrition Coaching with Nicole graduate. Amanda has been working with me for the last year. That's right, the last 12 months, Amanda and I have been working on her relationship with food, her new body composition as a mom, and she has graciously offered to share some of her experience with you today. Amanda's journey has been truly spectacular, not seamless. She's had bumps. She's had barriers. She has encountered sticky spots and stressful situations along the way, as we all do. And yet she has persevered. Today, she is graduating more confident than ever in her skin and knowing that not only as a result is her husband healthier, her son healthier, but that she is both healthier and happier moving forward into her very full and busy life. So without further ado, I want you to listen to what Amanda has to say about her one-on-one nutrition coaching journey. Will you introduce yourself and tell everybody listening who you are, a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, So I'm Amanda Shroud. I am a mom. So first and foremost, I'm definitely a mom. Um, I'm also a wife and a nurse leader. Um, I run a very busy emergency department um, in Baltimore, Maryland, and I spend a lot of time at work and a lot of time, you know, with my family. And I feel really passionate about feeling good in my skin. And when you say you're really busy at work, you're not kidding. This is one of 13 meetings of your day. We were just talking about that before we press record. So Amanda is graciously sharing her time and her experience with us today. Amanda, I want you to take us back to the very beginning. Mm. Before you started your nutrition coaching journey, what was the catalyst that kind of had you reaching out, wanting to create change? How did you feel? What wasn't working for you? Yeah. So I sat in this space for about, I, I would say almost two and a half years where my, I had my son and I couldn't figure out what to eat or what to work out or what to do to lose the extra, I would say 10 to 12 pounds that I had gained after having Jackson. And I sort of believed all those things about 
like, oh, if you breastfeed, you're going to lose weight. And oh, just like, you know, you can go back to how it was before with like a little bit more exercise. And so I tried like all of the things that I could think of to like lose weight. And I tried, you know, just like different pieces. Like I would do low carb or I would think about like doing whole 30 again. And I hated whole 30. So like the fact that I was like thinking about it again, it was just, I'm like, I can't do this. Like I cannot do this again. And so I really reached out because I had worked with Nicole in the past, Greedy Jackson a long time ago. And it was a mini snippet of really what we did in the last year, but it worked then. And I was like, you know, I believe in this person and I I think that what she's doing is creating sustainable change. And so I sort of reached out and really felt like I, you know, owe it to myself to feel better in my skin and be the person that, you know, I sort of see in the mirror, not what I actually see in the mirror. And I felt like that was something that we could do together. And that's sort of where we landed, which is amazing. It is amazing. And one thing I want to dive into is you mentioned, I don't even know how long it long ago it was at this point, Amanda, but years and years ago, we worked together for a short period of time. And like you mentioned, you were in a completely different season of life. So you didn't have your son, Jackson, at that point, it was just you and your husband, and you were still a very busy, like working professional, but life looked a lot different than it does now. So were you finding that maybe some of the things that you had adopted, like the nutrition habits, the, you know, behaviors that you were exhibiting in that time of your life, they weren't what you were looking for or what you needed, maybe what your body was going to respond to in this season? Yeah, I think then um, when we worked together, I specifically remember like focusing on integrating more vegetables and really just understanding sort of what was going in my body. Like, really starting that foundation of like you need protein and carbs and a little bit of fat and, and sort of getting that foundation. And I think because I wasn't that far away from what my goal was at that time that, you know, we didn't work together for a long period of time. And for a long time, that sustained me. We also are really, um, well, we were pre-Jackson, really big CrossFitters and we were working out like six days a week. So the difference between working out six days a week and now where I pray that I get two workouts in every single week is so different. Like it's just really different. And so it's different seasons. It's also about understanding like the structured pieces that you can put in place that make a huge difference in how you show up every single week. And so, you know, for me, like, I don't love meal prep, but I have to at least make sure that I make my lunches or I'm completely off the rails for the whole week. And so that was something back then that, you know, I would meal prep and I would meal prep lunches and three dinners. And like back then it was so much easier to spend a whole Saturday or a whole Sunday like doing that because I also had the time during the week to connect with my husband or like do other things because I wasn't parenting. And so now it's trying to alleviate what happens during the week and also free up those weekends so I can spend time with my son because I spend way too much time at the hospital. And so it's like all of, you know, it's trying to fit all the pieces together. So it really was and did look different back then. And then I had to create different habits this time to make sustainable change. I think it's so important we talk about that because 
maintenance is something that kind of gets a little fuzzy, I think. Like, oh, well, once I learn these healthy habits, I'm going to be set for life. And while there's an element of that, that's true. Like, oh, okay, I know my body feels great when I eat enough vegetables. Or I know that my appetite is fairly regulated when I eat enough protein. You just being in a partnership years ago and working, but still having time for yourself, still having more like flexibility with how many times you work out a week versus your current reality now where parenting is a huge priority for you and you're lucky to get two workouts in a week. And that's because you schedule it and you make it happen. It's not just that you're finding time to work out. You are going to need to adjust your habits, your rituals, your behavior patterns. And there's no shame in that. I think sometimes we feel bad because I should know what to do, but your life looks so extremely different and your priorities are different. So it makes sense that some of your nutrition action steps have to be different too. So I love that perspective because I just think you've been a beautiful illustration of how in different seasons, we might need different things to look, feel, and perform our best. And that's okay. We just have to be willing to say, okay, well, maybe what worked for me then isn't going to be exactly what worked for me now. How do I need to just change and adjust in order to make sure that I'm feeling my best in my current body? So tell us about that body, Amanda. How are you feeling in your body now versus when you started Um, after pregnancy, not feeling comfortable in your skin? Yeah, it is so different. So um, I think, you know, I've lost many inches um, and many pounds. And I think it's not even, you know, it's not about like how many it is. Cause I also think that what I gained in this journey is understanding that it's not about what the scale says. And it's not even always about like what the measurements say, but it's how I literally feel day to day. So like, I can tell you that I have, you know, a ton of energy. I feel really good. I sleep so beautifully and that's something that changed drastically like I when we first started working together I was waking up probably two and three times a night like just not able to calm my brain down just really really awake when I didn't want to be awake and then super tired during the day and really just like not even enough energy to work out at that point I probably was working out very rarely um and I think that was also I, you know, you mentioned about how there's no shame in different seasons. And I think that was something that was really hard for me to figure out because I went from this mentality of the people that I work out with work out six days a week, like they still do. And when I couldn't fit that in, I just felt like, what is wrong with me? Like, how can I not do that? And so now I feel like when I show up for a workout, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to get two this week. And I'm so happy about it. And And so I think that, you know, the way I show up now is different in that I have more energy, that I feel better in my skin. And, you know, I I definitely feel like my clothes fit better. When I look in the mirror, I see the person that I always saw and not necessarily the person that I was seeing a year ago, where it really just didn't feel good to be there. Mm, I love that you have been so willing to look at multiple different metrics because you mentioned earlier on in your explanation that weight isn't everything. Yes, you've lost weight and you've lost inches, but we've been tracking more than just what the scale says, which for your journey, because you didn't have 
a large amount of weight to lose, but you knew that you weren't comfortable or happy in your current body when you started with coaching. And so what we said was, okay, we want to track weight because that's important to you to see that metric move, but let's track some other things as well. And like you mentioned, energy level and sleep improved. I think Amanda, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, that progress photos were arguably like the most powerful metric for you to track along the way. Do you feel similarly? For sure. So we did progress photos in like a bathing suit that was sort of at the time, you know, something that I wanted to look good in and now is way too big. And I can't, you know, even like logistically wear it out of my house without it like falling off, which is amazing. But I think the thing is, it became more about like, oh, look at that new muscle that is like underneath this area or look at the way that that fits better. And I think there's, um, I don't even know if I told you this, Nicole, there is a dress that I put on last like May, I think for an event. And I was like, oh, I really want to fit in this dress. And I didn't fit in it in May. It was a dress from like pre-Jackson and I wore it a few weeks ago to work and it's completely loose and looks amazing again. And I was just like, this is like, to me, what it was about. Like it was always about being able to feel good in my clothes and feel good in my skin and with the way that I'm showing up. And I think progress photos, progress tracking has become more of like a very positive thing rather than an obsession, which I feel like the scale when I was like trying to lose a couple of pounds on my own would go up, would go down. I'd be like, how do it, you know, and not understand that weight fluctuates with the time of the month and fluctuates with what you ate yesterday. And now I can hop on the scale and just be like that those two pounds aren't real and just like move on because I know that there are just times where it's going to be up and it's not true, but it just is. And I think that's something that mindset and flipping that script about like what the scale says and how much it matters has been really, really impactful for this journey. I agree with you. I think knowing the difference between weight loss and fat loss is vital to not driving yourself crazy through this process. Because like you alluded to, sometimes the scale will be up two pounds in a day. And you know that you didn't consume enough for that to be fat gain. So you're like, okay, wait a second. This is just a water fluctuation. If I return back to like my normal habits, this is going to dissipate in a couple of days. How else do you think you kind of shifted your focus of metrics of progress from something that felt a little bit more obsessive, maybe negative to something that was a little bit more objective. Like I'm just going to check in with myself and see what's changing, if anything. Yeah, I think a couple things. So we started putting other like goals in place. So having the protein goal, like we started with a protein goal. So getting four, four and a half, five servings of protein a day, like checking in, did I get that? Like, have I done that thing? And then, you know, seeing at the end of the week when you have six out of seven days that you've hit your protein goal. Or when we started adding vegetables in, I thought it was like the hardest thing ever to get vegetables. (laughs) And then now it's just like, I probably have four to five servings of vegetables every day. Like we had a giant salad with dinner last night. And, and I literally was thinking as we were eating it, like a year ago, we would have never had 
this salad in our house. Like we just wouldn't have, like I wouldn't have bought it at the grocery store. And so we wouldn't have had it. And I wouldn't even have had that option to just like make this amazing salad for dinner with some chicken. And so I think it's those pieces that have changed the journey along the way. And then being able to say like, yeah, I hit that goal. Like that is really rewarding. Like committing to doing something and then doing it and then seeing yourself do it. You're like, this is really cool. And, and the outcomes follow the process. So, you know, I'm a nurse. So in nursing, we say that if you um, do the right thing for the patient 90 to 92% of the time, they're going to have a really positive outcome in care. And that translates to what we did here. And like, that's why it was so powerful for me and for you to say to me, like, you just have to do this most of the time because that relates to what I do every single day as a nurse leader. Like we have to do the right thing most of the time and then the patient's going to be okay. And that's sort of what I saw. And we were tracking steps, like hitting your step goal is powerful because then you're like, I was able to be like, that's really cool. Look at all these steps that I walked and, and look at, you know, how far I've come. And I went from getting 5,000 steps a day to 8,500 or, you know, 9,000 steps. And, and knowing that I could just do it and having that self-efficacy, I think really changed sort of progress for me and really being able to measure it. And it was more about measuring the consistency than it was about measuring the weight that I am. Yes. Yeah, so it's a process-oriented focus rather right. than an outcome-oriented focus. And like you right. mentioned with the nursing analogy, love that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> But if you do the right things for, in our situation with nutrition, for the right amount of time, the outcome will be desirable. Right. But if we white knuckle the outcome and we're not focusing on the process, our behaviors, our consistency, like you mentioned, we track consistency just as much, if not more so than we track metrics that are changing. Right. We're going to get ourselves caught up in the end result when that's just a byproduct. So instead, let me focus on my behaviors and how I'm doing this thing more frequently, or I'm doing this thing with more confidence now than I used to. And that will yield positive outcomes. That's so important. I would argue that's one of the most important things that people can shift from yeah. doing is focusing on outcome to process. I think that there's, in, in even talking to other women about like my journey and when people are like, oh, you look amazing. And I don't love when people comment on, you know, my body, especially if I don't want to have the conversation with you. Like we've talked about this many times, but you know, it's always really nice to receive a compliment. And I'm always happy to be like, you know, I just eat a lot of protein and enjoy a lot of vegetables. And like, that's sort of just like my tagline at this point, because that is what I'm doing. It's a lot of like other nuanced things. Like I try not to have more than two alcoholic beverages in a sitting. Like there are plenty of times when that happens. I try not to, you know, eat pizza and pasta 17 times that week. Like there are lots of things that like go into it, but there are all these things that just add up over time. So it's like one good day builds on another good day. And, and I think, you know, the more that you're doing that and in it and sort of understanding that things will happen, you will do other things. You will eat pizza or go to a baseball game and have a hot dog and, you know, all of those things, but knowing that like the next day you're going to still have five servings of um, protein and four servings of vegetables and make all your food at home. Like there's those consistency things that just, for me, 
built up to the point that like it's very easy for me to do it but it was not always super easy in the beginning it was a lot harder to be like thinking about okay how am I actually going to get five servings of protein or four servings of vegetables Amanda, I want to ask you something because you keep referencing like servings of protein, servings of vegetables, which is our language, right? That's how we talk to one another. How is that focus different from like calorie counting Mm. or like getting the exact macro measurement or like you mentioned Whole30 before, like how is how you think about food different from maybe how you've previously thought about it? Yeah. So I could never macro count. Like I tried and I didn't get it. Like my brain doesn't work in numbers. So that's like the one thing that I think is important for people to understand that I am not like a numbers person. And so when I think about like five servings of protein, I'm literally thinking about like probably 20 to 25 grams of protein at that time. Like I know it's 25 grams for a full like serving, but my brain is sort of, it thinks about it in like meals or snacks. And so I don't think about it in ever like how many calories this is, or even most of the time, like how many macros it is. Like for carb servings, I will look at like bread or um, tortilla chips or something like that so that I can understand how many I can eat. And it'll be like one serving of carbs. Cause sometimes like if you have like a roll, it might be you know, two servings of carbs, depending on how big the roll is. And so I like to know those things, but not necessarily, I first of all, never counted macros and never counted calories. So I do want to like put that out there that I think that's something that made this journey sustainable for me. So we did my fitness pal for a while and focused on hitting macros and hitting, um, but not macros in like, it has to be this specific number, like this many times you're going to get protein throughout the day, this many vegetables, you're, you know, this many times you're going to eat a vegetable serving a day, those kinds of things. And we did look at fat counts for like a while. But once I was able to really understand what that meant, and really translate that, I, you know, stopped counting all of those things. So I think that has is what made this sustainable for me. Because I never wanted to go into this journey and hit a like the least amount of calories possible. Like I wanted to feel like I could eat and that I was not going to like not have carbs or not have dairy or not have like whatever. It was never about subtracting. And I think that's what ultimately has made this so sustainable for me because all I've done is add in things and I haven't ever been told or felt like I had to subtract things from my diet. I love that you mentioned that that's what makes it work for you because there are some people who love thinking in terms of numbers, but most of us like yourself who have very full lives, you don't want to sit there with your son at dinner and be like, okay, how many grams of X, Y, and Z are in this meal? Am I okay with that? Or if you're at the cafeteria grabbing like a quick lunch because you didn't have an opportunity to prep your lunches for that week. You don't want to be thinking about, well, let me input this into my fitness pal. It just doesn't feel good for you. And I echo a similar sentiment. So I love that you found a way to think about food and macronutrients in a way that just feels, dare I say, easy, maybe not easy, but simple. And that's why you keep referencing that just so that everybody listening knows, like, this is just how you think about food now. It doesn't have to be overly complicated. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are times where 
I, I realized like, oh, this is two servings of carbs and I'm still going to eat it. But then I know that like later in the day, I might not have another serving of carbs with like my yogurt or something. So to me, there's sort of this overall feeling of like, this is where I want to be at the end of the day. And then, and just understanding how those things ebb and flow. Like I start my day every day with a protein shake. That has been the one of the biggest game changers. I get two servings of spinach in there. I get a little acai protein powder, um, coffee and a banana. And so it is like two servings of carbs, one serving of fat and a serving of protein, maybe a little bit more than one serving of protein, but it's a great way to start my day. It's a good foundation of me not being hungry And when I don't do that, I am hungry. And so then I just realized like, hey, I didn't have my protein shake today. And, you know, I make sure that I do it the next day. And I think it's sort of building those foundational things and finding what I like to eat. I am a person who doesn't want to eat the same thing every single day, but I will eat the same snacks every day. So every day, you know, I have a yogurt with granola and blueberries. And that's something that when I was doing Whole30, they were like, you can't have dairy. And I realized like yogurt is really good. And also yogurt can have a lot of protein in it. And my body is fine with dairy. So like, why would I not eat that? And so I think it's sort of figuring out what those pieces of the puzzle are and then figuring out like, do I like this? And do I want to keep eating this? And does it fit? And those things are kind of what I found over the last year, which is this works really well for me. And I have some go-to things that I use on the side, like a no-cow bar or a slate protein drink if I don't have a snack. Like there are pieces that I just keep on hand so that I can make sure that I'm not hungry because when I get hungry, then I will eat whatever is in front of me like everybody else. Yep, exactly. I think it's finding what works for you and then accepting that you're not always going to be in a situation where you can make the best, most goal-supportive choice. Yeah. So then having some backups. And I think that's one of the things that you've really worked on over this past year, Amanda, is recognizing that like bad days, sick kid weeks, crazy work days, like they're going to happen. So if we have a day or a week that doesn't feel awesome, recognizing that I don't have to start back at day one, like I would if I was doing Whole30, like I didn't ruin anything. How can I wipe the slate clean, pick right back up with my next meal, my next choice? I think that's been a huge mental shift that you've made. I think so for sure. Um, I would not be able to like go on vacation before and feel good because you go on vacation and you're like, I want to eat the food that's in that location or I want to, you know, enjoy ice cream at Disney World with my son. And and those are all things that like I was able to do and then come back and still honestly be in the same weight range as prior to going on vacation, because I still got my steps. I still chose like protein at meals. I tried to integrate vegetables. Like it was maintaining like specific kind of non-negotiables, but also still enjoying what was happening around me. And I think that again, contributes to the sustainability. If you feel like you can't go on vacation or you can't enjoy these little things that happen in life, then you're not going to want to keep doing it. And I think that's where I, you know, that's where it has worked for me because I can do all of those things and still be on this journey. 
It's a part of life. It's just how you navigate food in your real life, not the exception to normal life circumstances. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what we all need. Like we all need somebody in our lives who says, this is okay. And like this week isn't going to be every single week. And, you know, you can still make a, a better choice tomorrow, but today you didn't really make that bad of a choice. Like you just had a lot of things that happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Amanda, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to share your experience about how you've managed to prioritize yourself and your personal goals amidst everything else you have going on. So, you know, just from being on group coaching calls and and similar things, a lot of women are in this situation where they wear a lot of hats and maybe they are in a, a very high demand role at work. And then of course, parenting is no easy feat. Like that takes a lot of time and energy and maybe they're in a partnership. And so they want to spend some time with their significant other. How have you found prioritizing yourself and your goals without feeling guilty? Like how has yeah. that experience been for you? I, um, I think two things. So I have like obviously a very supportive husband who is and I think was like rightfully so very skeptical at the beginning of like me doing this because it's an investment like it is an investment and I am not sure that he fully believed that I was like jumping in with two feet um I think he felt like okay you know she's gonna do this we'll see what happens but I think what really translated over time is that I it was small steps that built up. So like changing one thing in the beginning, which was like, Hey, I just need to get more protein. And so I would focus on like, I do the grocery shopping. So I don't do a lot of other things in my house, but I do the grocery shopping. And so I would make sure that I'm like buying the things that I need and then making sure that I'm eating them. Right. Like just simple things. Like it can't just sit in the fridge. Like you have to actually consume what you're buying. So I think it was, stacking those little things. And then it started with doing walks at night. So that was something that I would say really transformed sort of what happened last summer for me. We um, talked about it and Matt would do Jackson's bath um, or I would do Jackson's bath. And then afterwards, Matt would put him to bed. And when he was doing like the bedtime thing, I would go outside for a walk and I would walk for 20, 25, 30 minutes, however many steps I needed to like finish out my day. But that self-care moment translated into huge things for me. It was relaxing. I listened to books. I listened to podcasts. I just like enjoyed being outside in the warm weather and just like walking around my neighborhood. And I think that was something carving out that like 30 minutes in the evening before I sat down in front of the TV or tried to reconnect with Matt or have a conversation. It allowed me to give myself that time and also be able to just like be with myself and think about how did the day go and what could I have done better or what do I want to do next week so that it's a little bit easier than this week. And so I think it was identifying those little things. And then I think, you know, over time, it just, it, it sort of became like vocalizing what I needed. So if it was about like, what are we going to eat for dinner? I'd be like, well, I really need, um, you know, one and a half threes of protein or like, I really need a vegetable because I didn't have a vegetable with my lunch. And so some of it would just sort of be talking out loud about those things and making sure that 
we had them available. I think having them available is a huge thing. And so the, the weekend grocery shop is a very important step in what happens for the week at our house. Like if we don't do that, then we're not going to get there. Like we, if we don't have the food, we're not going to be able to make the food. And if I don't go to the grocery store, or I don't order the groceries, then we're not going to have the food. And so that was something that I just had to learn to prioritize. And I have to learn to fit into every single weekend. Um, and there are lots of easy ways to do that. Ordering groceries is amazing. I vote everybody orders their groceries. I agree. I started doing it during COVID and I've not gone back. So it's, yes. it's a huge time saver. And I find that it makes planning easier because you have to sit there with your app and say, okay, what do I need? How much of this do I need? Because yeah. what am I going to eat this week? Right. And I think that's something that we've done it a couple of different ways. We're not really big on making like the full meal ahead of time. Um, there are times when we have like a protein made or I have vegetables made or something like that, but we're pretty good at saying these are like the four things we're going to have for dinner and then making sure that the meat is sold out and that there's something to go with it. And so I think that's something that's been helpful for both of us. And I also find that Matt is eating more vegetables and he gets more workouts in than I do because he's home and we have a garage gym. And so I'm always jealous, like, Oh, you worked out today. Like, that's so cool. I just like had to go to work. Like, but I think, you know, I think it's this idea of like, I, I wouldn't say that I ever felt guilty, but I think I just felt like I need to take care of the the people in my home because I'm here so much at work. And I think that it sort of just ended up being like, there are certain things that I can do and there are certain things I need help with. And, you know, those are the pieces that he's really good at picking up and really understanding like, hey, I can do this so that you can do that. Or, you know, I get a... a pretty good workout in almost every Sunday morning because I go with my best friend and we work out and it's a great time but that's like two hours of our lives that like Matt has to be in charge of Jackson but those are pieces that just feel really good and so it you know it doesn't have a negative like then they get to spend time together and I don't have to feel guilty that I'm not there on Sunday mornings like it's okay. So it sounds like it's a mixture of one, asking for help where you need it and whether that's like a supportive partner or a different kind of support system. And then also trying to integrate things into your life, like making the goal supportive thing easier. So for example, I know that you mentioned your nighttime walks. Sometimes you would show up to like a group coaching call on your walking pad and you said, hey, Matt's putting Jackson to bed. So like you took that time for yourself, but you also made it work with what else you had going on in your life. And then last but not least, kind of just unapologetically realizing that I need my time and I need to prioritize me as well so that I can take care of my people as well as I want to. And just recognizing like, there's not a negative there. Like that's a really positive thing, even if it means time invested in me and not directly someone else, like indirectly, they are positively impacted by that. Yeah. And I think, you know, something that we haven't talked about, but is like a really big positive is that I think Matt and I are in a much better space because I think we physically connect more than we did a year and a half ago because I didn't feel good in my skin. And so I think, you know, having a better sex life is something that makes it better and makes it easier. But it's, it's nice to have like 
and feel good about like showing up in that way. And I think that is something that has positively changed over time that has impacted all of the other things. So I think, you know, there's ways that he shows up for me. There's ways that we show up for Jackson together and or separately or whatever. And I think, you know, one of the ways that we've shown up more in our relationship is both of us feeling better about where we are and what's happening and getting workouts in or eating vegetables or all those things. I think it just sort of works. So you mentioned, Amanda, that at the beginning, rightfully so, he was skeptical of the investment. Mm -hmm. How does he feel now seeing the change? Oh, my gosh. So he now says things like, that was the the best money that we've ever spent. Or that was like, so we, um, you know, we just talk about it. Like I, you know, I told him like, Hey, I'm going to be like wrapping it up and graduating. And he's just like, it's so amazing. Like where, you know, you were and where you are now. And, and, you know, he just really acknowledges that it was such a great investment and, and that I did the work. Like, I think that's the other piece. Like, it's not just like, Hey, you know, have these conversations with this coach and things will just happen for you. Like you have to do the work and it is a lot of work, but it's meaningful work. And I think if, you know, I could tell anybody anything, it would be that if you invest in yourself and truly, truly commit to doing it, it is worth every penny and every hard moment because where I am today is where I wanted to be. Like I want to live in this space and also not feel like I need to keep trying to lose more fat, but mainly just stay here and like maintain and also just realize that doing this for longer periods of time will continue to make me feel better. I think that's something that we've kind of flirted around, but like you mentioned, you know, you've put in the work and you really have, I mean, you have spent the last 12 months ingraining these habits creating new rituals, new behavior patterns that work in this season of life. And we've also talked about, okay, you're getting ready to graduate from coaching. So how can you apply these habits and these behaviors moving forward on your own? So it's not just, oh, hey, I did this thing for 30 or 60 days and look at the cool changes I've created. It's even your husband is acknowledging like, you worked your ass off this last year, like trying to integrate this into your lifestyle. And it's created some pretty amazing results, not just in your body, but also your life, your family, and your relationship with food. For sure. I think that sort of around Christmas was like maybe seven months into like us working together. And I was feeling a little bit of pressure to be like, oh, maybe I should like wrap this up. Like I've, you know, sort of, I'm not sure how much more like there is to do. And And I really didn't want to do that because I did feel like there was more. And I think we had a conversation where I was sort of like, I would like to get through the holidays and like understand what this looks like and, and really understand how to integrate these things that are going to happen because it's Thanksgiving and Christmas and all of these things into what happens now in my lifestyle, because it's not on Christmas day, I'm not going to be worried about how many servings of protein I ate. Like I know that about myself. And so One of the things that I'm really glad that I did was stay longer so that I could see that because then I had so many more moments after Christmas until now where I've had vacations and illnesses and weeks where I didn't get a workout and and weeks where it didn't feel great and I didn't have, you know, as many consistent behaviors as I wanted. But 
I think that what the process has given me is the ability to reflect and understand that I have control over these things that I can, you know, not make great choices today, but I can make a different choice tomorrow. And it's about how many times I make the better choice and not about like beating myself up for one day or, you know, one day here or there. And I think that's something that I've learned in the last four months that makes me feel like I can do this into the future where I don't quite think that I was there at that like six, seven month mark. Like I still was really nervous about, can I do this for the long haul? Which I think makes a lot of sense because you had made a ton of progress in those first seven months, but arguably holiday season is one of the like stickiest times to not only make progress, if that's even a focus, but maintain progress. So I remember this conversation, Amanda, because you were like, okay, I'm telling you even now, it was like before December, I think, or like before the holiday season really hit. And you were like, I just want you to know, I need to say this out loud or like verbally on our Mm check-in sheet. You were like, I'm sticking this out because I want to know how to like maintain everything that I've created and more through the holiday season. Because this is weird to say, I feel like it's always an interesting thing for me to say, but I want clients to go through like sticky, hard seasons while we're working together because that's going to be the thing that's going to force you to realize like, wait a second, do I have what it takes to keep going? Can I, with my mindset, say, okay, this wasn't a great day, week, month, whatever, but I can still do my non-negotiables. I know that I haven't ruined anything. I didn't lose all my progress. Like I want you to have those experiences so that no matter what curveball life throws your way, I mean, you've been through a lot in the last year. So no matter what comes in the future, I am very confident. And I know that through our conversations, you're confident that you can continue doing what we've done over the past year. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's something that I wish for women to have somebody in their corner who is like, able to tell them that that's able to say you didn't ruin your progress like nothing you did is going to take away all the hard work that you did because that was something that there were so many moments where I was like I didn't eat a single vegetable this weekend and would be like writing on my progress sheet like I am terrible and I don't know why this is like so hard for me or, you know, I went way over the fat count on this one day because I ate ice cream or whatever. And I think that having you in my corner saying, you know, it's not about like what happened on that one day. It's really about how do you do this and how do you sustain most days doing the things that you want to do. And I, you know, I want, every woman to have somebody in their corner who's just like, you can't mess this up, no matter how badly you feel like you can, like you can't. And I just think that was really powerful. And I think that was something that truly made a difference. And I think also, if we as women can just continue to show up and cheerlead one another in this space, that makes such a big difference in life. Like instead of just you know, critiquing one another, worrying about like what everybody else is doing, like just be really positive and have somebody who's just like your fan to like encourage you. I think it just makes a really big difference because we're our own harshest critic. Like the the thing in our brain that's like, you didn't do this. They don't stop talking. You just have to like 
figure out how to not listen to it and listen to everything else. And I am so thankful that I was able to be the coach in your corner saying those things. And I'm even more thankful that you are willing to share your experience. And today you are that woman saying it to so many other women, because you're right. Oftentimes we fail to acknowledge that we deserve the love, the compassion, the grace, the forgiveness that we so freely give to other people. And we hold ourselves to a much higher, very unfair standard. So you hit the nail on the head there, Amanda. And I am wishing you nothing but the absolute best moving forward. I'm so confident about the fact that you're going to be able to sustain the amazing healthy eating habits that you've created, this really confident, happy relationship with your body. I know that we've celebrated a lot of non-scale victories in terms of like, hey, look at my booty in these shorts. They look so good. I couldn't wear these last year and I just feel so confident wearing them this year. But most importantly, just how you feel showing up in your everyday life, whether it's parenting, whether it's at work, whether it's in your partnership. I am just so proud of you and so impressed by you. So thank you for sharing your experience. It's so great. And Nicole, I think, you know, the one thing that I would say to anybody who is sort of on this like teetering of should I do this? Should I not do this? Is that you're committing to doing something and it is going to take a long time and it is going to feel like, you know, a year, it's going to take a while, but that it's really, really worth it. And if you really want to show up in your skin and feel comfortable, there are ways to do that. And, and there are ways to do that without feeling like everything is taken away from you. And I think that's something that I didn't understand before. And that I think is really meaningful to mention like you can lose fat and you can sustain fat loss without removing every single thing from your life and I you know I hope that other women understand that and I hope that other women work with you and you know if they're thinking about it that they do it now so that they can you know feel as good as I feel because I was nervous and I was scared and I was a little skeptical that I wasn't going to be able to do it and sustain it, but the process is there and, and you're a really great coach in making it easy to digest and easy to add things to your life. And, and never once were you like, you have to stop eating X or you have to hit this number. And, and that makes this doable. Like that's what is sort of that secret sauce about what you're doing. And obviously you're just a really great um, human being and a mom. And so having all those things kind of wrapped up in one really, really makes this possible. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. I just stress so much the nutrition by addition focus, because if we're cutting out, we're eliminating, we're removing, it feels very restrictive and feels very short term, but you have realized, Hey, by adding more nutrient dense things, by adding more life-giving habits into my schedule, I feel better. And then that becomes reinforcing. So yes, add more than subtract or remove. And it feels so good physically and mentally. Amanda, thank you so, so much for sharing your time and your experience. You are certainly a leader and a a beautiful uh, motivator for everybody who's sitting there thinking like, gosh, I don't know if it's possible. So thank you for speaking out. Of course. Thank you, Nicole. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.